Hey, welcome to Reflection as a Service. We're here again, myself, Paul Merrill, and my co-host. That's me, James. And we are really excited about tonight because tonight we have the icon of the PHP community, the one and only Cal Evans joining us as a guest. Um, so, Cal, I just want to welcome you to the show. We're so Thank happy you. to have you. It is very good to be here. Um, always love uh, joining in on other people's podcasts um, because I get tired of just hearing myself talk on, on my own podcast, so. <laughs> which you, is, I know, not true. Everybody, anybody who knows me knows I love the sound of my own voice. I never get tired of it. <laughs> You've been doing that for a long time, haven't you? It is the oldest PHP-focused podcast still in production. Uh, we started in February of 2011. So we just celebrated five years. Wow. So uh, do you know how many episodes that is? That's a lot of episodes, I guess, if they're twice a month or once a week or what? 186. Oh, wow. That's a long-running show. The lovely and talented (laughs) Kathy is off camera here answering questions for me. Oh, well, she's welcome to get on camera, too. That's fine. No, she she likes to um, stay behind the scenes. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, so, look, we're happy to have you here. once again, this show is about software engineering and entrepreneurship. So when we're talking to Cal tonight, we're going to be asking him about his world in entrepreneurship and some of the things that he started. Um, he's written quite a number of eBooks. He's put together conferences. He's a big member of the PHP community um, and, and has a, a huge following on Twitter. I know that. <laughs> um, and one of the nicest guys I've met. So, uh, We'll get started with that. James, I know you you had some questions. Well, mostly about the... I, so I got to your book, uh, Culture of Respect, oh, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I, actually, I actually read it while I was doing a platelet donation. Um, so I so was, it was even better. It was even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was... Uh, I, I, I appreciated the uh, conciseness of the book and how it didn't spend a lot of time spinning its wheels and it seemed very directed towards uh, people trying to put together teams as, as compared to somebody who's just looking to hire developers. Uh, I want to inject, I, I love that you said that because I read a lot of business books. And when I sit down to write, I sit down and I mean, I, I just poured my heart out for um, that one took me about four weeks to, to totally write and get it done and everything. And I looked at it and I said, well, this is short. Well, you, you know, you think I ought to pad it and add this and add that. I'm like, no, because that's what I hate about business books. I, I don't want all the padding and all the superfluous stories. I'm not writing fiction. I don't have to chase rabbits. I just wanted to present the information. So thank you so much for exegeting that. Well, yeah, and uh, I, which I was thinking, you know, if I'm a person who I need to put together a team and I'm looking for the best advice, you know, and I, maybe I've got a half a day to digest, you know, a few articles and a couple of books. I mean, this is right in that sweet spot so I can sit down with it have my coffee, go through it, get some real actionable tips. I think I told you that um, it, the book was heavy on like specific tactics yeah. for finding developers and then uh, figuring out which ones you want to hire and then how to not, then once you get them on board, how do you establish a culture that says we want you here? Oh yeah. Yeah, so um, and so I was I was talking to Paul about it and I said, you know, one thing I wanted to ask Hal was, okay, why write this book at this time? That's a good question. Um, I I have a tendency to write books that are um, germane to what I'm going through at the moment, although I was not going through a bad situation when I wrote that. I have another book that nobody knows about called Avoiding a Goat Rodeo that was written. I know not... about it because I researched. I found <laughs> well, a website. 
That is, yeah, you dug deep. Um, that's a book for people that want to hire a developer. And that one I specifically wrote because I was watching my wife, who is a project manager at a small web shop, and I was watching all of the stuff that they did wrong. And she kept saying, I wish they would do this, and they would go do that. And so I wrote that, and, um, you know, and, and that one actually had a reason. Culture of Respect just came about because I started writing down some of not only my personal stories, because I used to build teams, um, and some of these tactics that are in the book are things that I actually did. Some of them I've talked to friends about, and they're the ones that, you know, the things that they've worked the best about. But, you know, I, I just started talking, and I, I started writing, and I was like, I've got enough here to share. I don't know, you know, like anything, I don't know if anybody wants me to share it, but I'm going to share it anyhow. And um, it's actually been a... I don't want to say a decent seller because I'm not Stephen King or anything like that. But for my books, this has been a really good one for me. And I'm, I've actually had one company bought one, um, bought a copy for every manager in the um, company. And they all sat down together and read it. And um, so I love seeing things like that and um, you know, no, hoping that I'm helping somebody not so much imparting wisdoms of knowledge. I'm hoping that somebody's going to avoid the potholes that I hit along the way. Sure. Yeah. And um, so when you think about, you know, your career um, and your time assembling teams or watching other folks assemble teams, um, where did you um, stub your toe the most? Like, where did you accumulate enough? We're not going to do that again. Stories where you you're like, OK, like we need to we need to correct this. We need to do better. Yeah. Um, OK, it's going to be embarrassing. But um, and it's going to sound weird because uh, people know me as a nice guy, and this is going to sound weird. But the biggest mistake I had was not firing people soon enough. Um, once you realize that you have hired someone, even though you've gone through all the process, you've hired somebody that just doesn't work on your team. I'm not talking somebody that's just a total screw up. I'm talking somebody that is obviously not being as productive as they can possibly be because of something on the team. They're not working with the team. The team's not working with them. At some point, you've got to figure out something to do. And um, I had a situation one time where I, I liked this guy. He was a nice guy. And um, so I, I transferred. I was running operations and development for this one place. And so I transferred him over into ops thinking, hey, it would be awesome after he's been there three months in the dev team to have, have the developers have a, a friend over in ops, you know, a back channel type thing. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't work out. Um, my boss then um, explained to me, and this, this has stuck with me, um, a clean knife cut sharp. You, you've got to make that hard decision. As the manager, you've got to be prepared for that. When you hire someone, you've got to prepare yourself for the fact that you might actually have to fire that person. Yeah. And that's where I, I have failed the most in, uh, in, uh, been, in building teams. Uh, I've let these situations go on way too long. Is it, is it because we, we want to believe if we just give it enough time, the person will turn yeah. around and, or the well, situation no, 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 will no. change? If I, I felt that if I was going to have to fire this person, it was a personal failure. I had hired oh. them. So if I fire them, this is admitting I failed and I don't like to fail. Oh, that's too so, bad. You know, so <laughs> oh, so that's, that's how, and I had to divorce myself of this mentality. You know, they're, they're, you can go through all of that. Um, uh, uh, I think in one of the appendix of the book is an article I wrote called Nerd Herding. And um, I, I went through all of these things where this is how I built teams. 
And even after going through all of this and building consensus and everybody was on board, every now and then I would still hire somebody that they just weren't working out. And again, I don't mean they were total screw-ups or anything like that. I've had to fire very good developers because they did not fit properly on the team. And that hurts the team, but that also hurts them because if they're not working with me, that means that they're being held back and they're not reaching their full potential somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think in order to get past that, you almost have to do the type of interview that the FBI and that, that government agencies like that do, where you go, you, you not only find the people that they have used to recommend themselves, but you also find those people's third degrees of, of the individual in order to find out what they're really like, people who didn't necessarily like them, and then find more than one person who didn't like them and figure out, you know, how do I filter that information? And most companies and most teams don't have the resources to do that. I mean, it, it has to be a much quicker decision than that, um, and it has to be a much more effective decision. And that is one thing I also have to balance is um, hiring speed. I am not someone who hire, or interviews until they've interviewed every candidate and then sits down and says, okay, which one's the best? I interview until I find somebody that feels like they're going to work on my team and I hire. Yeah. And uh, I know there are some good teams out there. Um, up in Nashville, um, uh, John Shear runs the uh, development team for Dave Ramsey up there. And they, they built a wonderful team. But it's a six-month process to get hired on that team. Wow. You know, um, and so John and I disagree on this, and, and that's fine, but that's the way I go because I'm looking, as soon as I find the person that I think is going to be best for this slot, I hire them. And uh, most of the time, you know, they, they fit right in. Every now and then, yes, I've had to um, cut them loose, and sadly, there have been times when I just let that go on too long. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I've never had to fire anybody. It so. sucks. It <laughs> but, really I, does. but I think. Paul? Yeah, I've had to do it. Did it suck? Um, you know, uh, I I have been very lucky that it was very clear where the responsibility laid when that happened. Um, and I, I guess I guess that's the best way that I could say that. Yeah, well, and, and I get that. Um, but like I said, this, this one that I'm thinking of right now um, was not, it truly was my failing. This person was a decent programmer but they did not have the right mindset for um, the team that I was building. Yeah. And they, they started dragging the team down, but it became very obvious that they were unhappy and that they were not being fulfilled by the job. It's very important to me that the developers that I hire and the teams that I build, that they're getting as much out of it, uh, out of being a part of that team as the, the team is getting out of them. So yeah. I, I, um, you know, it was no falling, it was no fan on them. Um, this one just, they, they did not work out, and I, and I had to cut them loose, yeah. and, um, you know, it dang near killed me. Yeah, I, I think it is a little gut-wrenching, especially the earlier you are in your career, um, and the farther along you get, the more gray hairs you get, the more you realize, I want to keep as many gray hairs out of my beard as I can, <laughs> that's one way to do it. So. <laughs> Got a few of them, yeah. <laughs> um, well, tell us, tell us about what else is going on with you. So we, we talked a little bit about that that book what what you've got four other ebooks is that right um yeah i believe so i i don't have my website up in front of me but i believe that's true um somebody asked me the other day um what you know how's the book you're writing coming and i said you got to be more specific because <laughs> i think i have um 
five out right now. I have one in post-production, and I'm about to start writing another small one uh, within the next week or two. Um, and it's just, uh, that is one thing I share with Stephen King, one very minor thing, is it's very difficult to find a blank piece of paper in my house. So um, <laughs> I, I'm always, um, and I have this bad habit. My wife actually said to me, I was, I was struggling with this one thing for about a week, this programming concept for about a week, and I finally had a breakthrough. And I said, you know what? And she says, yeah, you're going to write a book, aren't you? So, <laughs> yeah, I am. But it'll be one of my short ones. Um, I have a series of books called Learn One Thing Books. That um, Literally, that's what it is. I don't try to delve deep into a concept. I try, or I'm sorry, I don't try to go broad into a concept. They're not um, going to be huge, thick tomes that you're going to use as reference. Uh, my goal is to show you a concept and the code necessary to implement that so that you can take this one concept, put it in your code, start playing with it, and see if it's going to work for you or not. Gotcha. So how does that, how do, how do these eBooks fit in with your, with your business? So, I mean, I, I assume they're a part of your business. They bring in some revenue. Um, what, what have you seen the benefits from writing books? How do they fit in with your overall kind of direction or strategy? Um, my direction these days is mainly Nomad PHP and um, Day Camp for Developers, which are online learning opportunities for developers. The books, quite honestly, are a um, pet project of mine, a passion of mine. Uh, I, I, since very young, uh, since like um, as, as long as I could hold a pencil, I enjoyed writing. And my mother was an English teacher, so she encouraged me. And so, you know, I, I've always loved writing. And um, hidden way in the, the bowels of the internet is a poetry site that I, a poetry I wrote for my wife. No, I will not share the link. But, um, you know, they, they, I've always enjoyed writing stuff. And so the books are really just a way for me to share longer than just my blog. You know, if, I, if I'm going to go more than about 2,500 words, that's not a blog post. I start looking at um, do I have an ebook here or not. Um, and most of my um, Learn One Thing books are, what they weigh in at about 10,000 words. So they're not big, huge books, but they deliver one concept. And that's, that's what I try to provide. Uh, but they're not, they're not a focus of mine. Uh, the focus is, uh, my passion is helping developers learn and help them grow in their career. And the main way I do that is Nomad PHP and Day Camp for Developers. Gotcha. So with everything you've got going on, I mean, how, what, what does your day look like that you could put effort into writing a book and getting it published? Uh, I, you know, I wander downstairs. I work from home here in beautiful Jupiter, Florida, God's waiting room. And um, <laughs> I'll wander downstairs about 8, 8.30. And um, now I do actually have a day job. I work for Zen Technologies. And um, this dovetails beautifully with my uh, the rest of all my efforts. Um, my, my life philosophy of helping developers become better developers. I'm in charge of training and certification for Zen. This is a freaking awesome job. It's my job to help figure out the next courses that we're going to build and I have a great team of people that actually build the courses. And we, we basically, we're raising up the next level of PHP developers. And that's just, it, that's awesome. But I, you know, I, it depends. Most days I will um, sit downstairs and work until about 9, 9.30, um, answering emails and stuff like that. Um, you'll see me very active on Twitter during that time frame. And I'm drinking my coffee and I'm sitting down there uh, with the lovely and talented Kathy. And uh, we're just we're just kind of getting used to or getting going in the morning. And then I'll come up here to my office and um, really dive into any technical things. Uh, today, 
in between nomads and all that, um, I, I'm having a, a very long conversation, email conversation with my boss. Uh, marketing asked me for an article for the Zen blog, so I had to crank out that and all these other um, things. And then about 4, 4.30, I will uh, pack my laptop up and head out to the um, common area in our, um, our condo. And we've got a townhouse, and we've got a common area, and we face a golf course. So I can sit out there. I've got my Wi-Fi where it will reach. I will sit out there and finish the day, smoke my pipe, pet the dog. You know, if I get any last-minute emails or tasks to do, I can sit there and do that. And I watch the golfer, golfers, and occasionally I have to dodge a golf ball. Even though we're about <laughs> 20, 25 degrees off the tee, yeah, occasionally I actually have to dodge a golf ball. So <laughs> that's what my days are. Now, days when I'm writing, totally different. I'm up by 7, by 7.30, I am at my computer working, and I usually don't stop until I've knocked out a 1,000 words, which is usually, if I'm writing something, a 1,000 words is my goal for the day. And how do you decide if it's going to be a writing day or a not writing day? If I've got an idea, it is a writing day. Um, it's one of those, i got to get it out of my head so I can move on to other things. So um, I've just finished a book, um, the one that's in post-production. Uh, I've not told anybody about this. Y'all will be the first to know. Um, it's a book on... We'll keep it to ourselves, Cal. Please do. Don't tell anybody <laughs> about this. Um, it's a book on public speaking for developers called Spin a Good Yarn. Oh, and great. it's not a book on how to craft the most perfect presentation, although I do call, talk about that. It's how to be a good speaker. And being a good speaker involves being a good presenter, but it also involves being a good participant in the conference and what conferences want from you and things like that. Because I ran, confer I ran conferences for 10 years. Um, ZenCon, Dutch PHP Conference, PHP Tech. Um, I ran Coder Fair, which is my own conference for three years. I mean, I, I know conferences. And so I I'm trying to share with developers my experience in what conferences want from you and how to deliver that. And um, yes, we talk about how to craft an abstract and how to title it and um, how to present it. I don't go much into slides because if you've ever seen my slides, if you've seen my slides and they looked good, Kathy did them, okay? It wasn't me. Uh, my slides are usually white background, black text. That's it, <laughs> you know? So when I got, when I was, I'm sorry to answer your question, when I was working on that, it was the writing day every day until I finished it. I would get up um, with, with the exception of Sundays. Because um, Sundays, our, our, our routine is totally different. We have to be up in time to get to church and all that. But um, Monday through Saturday, up at 7.15 um, at the latest, in here at the computer, and I'm not leaving till I crank out a 1,000 words. And honest to God, sometimes that's 30 minutes, and sometimes that's four hours. It just depends. Yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever find yourself thinking, I need to write something? but you've just got a blank screen in front of you and you get a writer's block? Or when you're, when you're ready to write, it's because something is trying to blast its way out of your head. If I'm writing a book, it's the latter. I've got an idea. I just got to get it down on paper before I forget it. Um, my blog post, I, my blog, I used, to, I used to try to force, you know, I'm going to sit up because everybody says you've you got to blog once a day. I just don't have that much to say, you know? And <laughs> what I have to say, nobody's really interested in. So um, I, you know, I tried that for a while, um, several times, and would literally stare at the screen and just go, I got nothing. And so now I got to the point where I blog when I've got something to say. Usually you can tell I'm writing a book because I will take excerpts from the book, usually a couple hundred words, and make it into a blog post and say, this is from the book I'm writing, so that people can 
get the idea and you know, I'll post some of my ideas out there and people go, well, you know, that's not really true. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go chase the book. So, uh, but it, it's great to get pe- get feedback from um, people that are, that read my blog, which, you know, people that read my blog, my wife, my mom, maybe a couple of friends. That's about it, you know? <laughs> that's who listens to this podcast for us too. Our wives and our moms and dogs. and Yeah. You, you know, you mentioned several things that I want to make sure to get back to. Um, one is you mentioned Day Camp for Devs. Oh, yeah. Day Camp for Developers. Interesting story how this came out. Um, I had an idea. I used to live in the Netherlands. Um, I spent a year over there working for a wonderful company called iBuildings. And while I was over there, Kathy was still here. So I had an awful lot of free time. And I came up with this beautiful idea for a project. And I explained it to her, and she says, that's great, but you're not using household funds to fund this project. You're going to have to find a way to pay for it. <laughs> okay. So I said, well, what I can do is I can put together, i got five friends that I can get to talk about um, career skills, soft skills to help you with your career. Um, I says, I'll put those together, and we'll do a, a full-day webinar. And I'll charge people 25 bucks to come to it. And... Um, Four years later, we're still doing that. The other idea kind of went by the wayside. I never even got that one off the ground, but we're still doing that. Was uh, no, that's six years because um, we started doing that in 2009, and we're still doing day camp for developers. Um, we got another one coming up uh, April 22nd. I've got an all-star lineup of um, speakers talking about modern PHP. We're talking, we've got um, people talking about generators. We've got people talking about all the new stuff in PHP 7. Uh, Sarah Goldman. Uh, who used to be with Facebook and was the open source manager for um, Hack and HHBM is going to talk to us about Hack and HHBM. So, um, you know, that is a, uh, it's a great opportunity. It's online, so you participate wherever you're from. Matter of fact, I would love to give not only you two um, tickets, have you come as my guest, but I'll give you a ticket and someone from your audience, I'd love to have them as our guest also. Excellent. That sounds like a wonderful plan. Excellent. So I guess, how are people going to do this? We'll, we'll have to figure out how to award we'll it. We'll have maybe. a trivia contest. A trivia contest. You, you can do uh, that. I usually <laughs> go for the best bribe, you know. Um, but yeah, hey, trivia works too. So yeah. Reach out to us on Twitter or on the webpage or somehow if you're... If you're when, the fifth if, caller. And if, yeah, if you're the fifth caller that reaches out to us on Twitter. Um, and that's uh, Reflection AAS on Twitter or Paul Merrill or J.D. Jeffers. Just yes. reach out to one of us and we will we will somehow determine which one of you is the lucky one to go to Day Camp for Dev. It sounds like a really awesome experience. Oh, we have a ball. Um, I started off just doing soft skills with Day Camp. Um, in the past couple of years, we've moved into hard tech skills, but the original probably five or seven of them were soft skills. My problem was, as I was organizing all these conferences for 10 years, I saw all these great talks come through that no conference would ever take because bosses see hard skills and they send you that. They don't want how to write a great resume. They don't want you to know that. <laughs> so that's what I originally was put together. Um, since then, we've moved to hard skills. Um, we had Chris Hart just doing, uh, and four other people, doing um, unit testing. Uh, the, the biggest one we ever did was, uh, not this last one, but the one before that, was called um, Debugging Beyond Vardump. And uh, we actually had more, we sold more team tickets than we did individual tickets. So mm. we had teams of people setting up a projector, hooking up a laptop, 
and uh, ordering pizza and sitting around the table just learning together and having run teams, I know how awesome that really is. And, you know, this, these were teams that would just get the videos and watch them later. Some of them did, but most of them hooked up the projector and spent the day with us just learning. And That's it awesome. was all kinds of awesome. That's great. That's great. I know, um, let's see. So was that the only thing you had upcoming? Is, is there, when's your next conference? Um, I won't be at a conference again until tech, PHP tech in um, May, I believe it is in um, St. Louis these days, and I will be delivering a brand new talk called Uncle Cal's Career Advice for Developers. So um, oh. I'm going to sit up there on stage and yell, get off my lawn for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you bring your pipe and your cane. You know, I really should. <laughs> I, I, I'm, now that you mentioned that, I just remembered one of the important takeaways, at least that I think that I read from Culture of Respect. Um, it was actually in the very, very back. And I don't know if it was necessarily a part of the book, but it, there was a line in a, like an embedded uh, advertisement or, or circular about one of the PHP conferences. And I think the line was that you're, you're – I've got it written down. Let me, let me just look that up. Um, your most important job is to manage your career. Yes. That's and, actually from the talk, but I can't take credit for that. Um, the very first day camp for developers – a gentleman by the name of Brian Prince, who used to work for Microsoft, and I believe he still does, um, even after all these years. Uh, but he did this awesome talk on managing your career, and that was one of the lines I stole from it. Yeah, it's, I think that's a career advice that I would have gladly had received. Or I, I wish someone had told that to me, and I had learned that, really, much earlier <laughs> in my career. Because it's only about now that I'm like, hmm, if I only I'd listen. start managing this. <laughs> I'll give, you, put, I'll give you one more from on um, Uncle Cal's Career Advice for Developers is um, my good friend, Ms. Samantha Quinos, who, go, who works at AOL. She, she told me one time that a guidance counselor told her one time, the job will never love you back. Oh. And that has just stuck with me. That is um, one of the best sound bites I've ever heard because especially, you know, we're kind of in the wanning days of a of bubble 2.0, yeah. but in the early days of bubble one, I mean, I can remember that. And I mean, Oh, I love my job. Oh my God, this is so cool. I'm changing the world. Well, the job's not going to love you back. And as soon as that bubble burst, all those people were out on the street, you know, whether they love the job or not, you're not family, you're an employee, you know? So, um, don't, don't, don't vest yourself so deeply in something that, um, can never return the favor. I hear you. I had a couple other questions, and one of them is uh, one of them is is a tough question, Cal. I, I I hope that you take this the right way, but we're not PHP guys. Um, I've done some PHP. I've had to get into WordPress or Drupal and and make some changes, and and played with PHP very very early in my career. Um, but what is what is the attraction to PHP right now, and where is the language in terms of its its lifespan? Okay, um, good question. First of all, um, what's the attraction? 80% of the entire web runs off of PHP. PHP is, a, PHP is an awesome blue link. That's um, not, not Tivoli, but one of, the other, um, one of the other major surveys has come up with that number, which when you begin to think that um, WordPress, they like to say 25% of the entire web, what they actually mean, because I've seen the numbers that they're using, uh, WordPress is uh, running 25% of the top 1 million websites. Okay? Gotcha. Um, Drupal, um, I think Drupal is 8. Joomla is another 9. When you start looking at these major packages and how much they individually have, 
that's not a far-fetched number. So, yes, that's that, that. It's a huge portion of the web, and that doesn't mean that all these sites are built strictly in PHP. PHP's strength is the fact that it's a glue language. It's the thin veneer you place over all top of all these other services to make all of these other services work together. So, I mean, because these days there's no such thing as a vertical stack of for web. You've got uh, Redis, you've got MySQL or Mariah or Oracle or My, uh, MSSQL. You know, you've got Varnish, you've got all of these things, uh, RabbitMQ, that you've got to bring together. And PHP is a wonderful glue language. Um, as far as queries it is in its life cycle, PHP is enjoying a renaissance these days, especially with PHP 7 that has come out. Um, yes, I actually own phprenaissance.com, and I would share it with you, but I can't spell renaissance. I have to keep looking it up. Um, but it's enjoying a renaissance these days. Um, no, the startup culture still does not like PHP. We're okay with that, you know. Um, I, I got a friend, Chris Hartges, who is big into unit testing, you know, and he will sit there and wipe his tears away on how people hate on him with $100 bills, you know, because he's making money with it. Um, but the attraction... PHP is the fastest dynamic language out there. With PHP 7, it blows everything else away, including previous versions of PHP. Um, it, it's just the, um, the the core developers got together, and uh, a friend of mine, co-worker at Zen, Dmitry Stogoff, um, actually started a project a few years ago. He just, in his bedroom, he, he says, what can I do to make PHP faster? He started tinkering, doing this, doing that. And um, it, he realized if he redid the way PHP passes data structures around in C, that he can make this faster. And so he went to his boss, who was one of Zen's founders, Zev Sarasky, and he goes, um, I've made PHP roughly 80% faster. Are we interested in this? <laughs> you know? And of course, you know, Zen was like, Pfft. and um, they, you know, there, there was a lot of controversy over how, um, how that was introduced to the core. And, and I don't want to take a side on, um, on that because that, that gets into politics. I'm really not interested in that. Mm -hmm. But the, the bottom line is PHP 7 is blindingly fast. And from everything that I've learned, um, 7.1 is going to be more functional and even shave a little more mm -hmm. performance. Wow. Wow, that's great. I had no idea about the 80%. Number. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it, by the time they finished it, it was 100% faster than, than um, PHP 5.6. But now that, you have to understand, that is if you're in a four next loop counting from one to one million, okay? <laughs> if you get outside that one little unit test, other things start <laughs> to affect it. You know, if you're calling an API or talking to your database, then, yeah, you know, you're going to have, uh, there, there will be some latency issues involved. But um, Drupal, WordPress, uh, Joomla, they all were in the 70 to 80% faster by just turning on, or by just swapping to PHP 7. And um, Drupal, um, which one of the um, chief architects of Drupal 8 was my good friend, Mr. Larry Garfield. And um, one of the reasons PHP 7 is so fast and so rock solid is Every time they would try to bring up Drupal 8 and PHP 7, they would hit another um, seg fault, and they would report the error. And the core would say, okay, we fixed that. And they'd say, okay, you fixed that one now. Now here's the next one. They finished They got through so many of these that um, you know, PHP is rock solid. Drupal 8 runs beautifully on it. WordPress runs beautifully on it. I've not personally tested Joomla, but from everything I've heard, Joomla runs um, great on PHP 7. It's um, just a, it's it's a solid platform for any web development project you got going on. 
Wow, that's cool. That's cool. Well, um, I guess I wanted to ask you a couple other things. I know that you have the CFP report that you started oh, yeah. recently. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why why you were why you did that? I stole that. <laughs> uh, no, no, just unashamedly. Um, I have a good friend named uh, Brandon Savage, and Brandon and I talk on Skype all the time. And back in August, Brandon said, "Hey, I got this idea," and he laid out basically what CFP report is, the without the technical details. And I said, "Hey, that's a cool idea." And I waited, and I waited, and I waited. We never did anything. We got off on some of the projects. So in November, I said, "You know, I need a Christmas project." I'm going to steal this idea. And so it took me um, maybe two weeks to in working in the evenings um, to put it together. It is, I use WordPress for the user management and everything. I use Mandrel at the moment, but I don't know if I'll stick with them because of their whole thing. Uh, but I use Mandrel to actually send them because it's not just a mailing list. I don't send everybody the same email. I generate the email each time. So um, when a conference is added, if you've never seen it, it appears at the top and there's a little color band there so that you know that that's new. But if somebody else has seen it because they get the report before you, then the color band's not there and um, you know it just it's in the normal sort and uh, little things like that. So, but yeah, that was a fun project and that is totally technology agnostic. We don't care anybody, any web developer. Uh, we try to put every web development conference that we can find um, on that list. Right. Uh, we do stick strictly with web development. We don't have IoT. We don't have iOS. We've been asked on the, both of those. It is strictly for web developers. Um, but if you are just because you're not programming in PHP, that's okay. We don't care. Come join the CFP report. Yeah, I, and I don't know if we mentioned this, but CFP, if you're not familiar, is call for proposals, which is for speaking engagements at conferences. And this is what you use to conferences use them to find people to speak. And the speakers will go on and actually go to that call for a proposal and they'll, they'll write a proposal of something to talk about, whatever. So your newsletter that people can sign up, the CFP report allows people to know when those are coming up. And this is a significant problem uh, if you've ever tried to find conferences to speak at. Um, trying to go out and figure out which conferences fit into your industry is difficult. I do it for testing and for test automation and also getting into some of the agile stuff with uh, I've got Tri Triagile, which is in Raleigh, coming up in June that I'm going to speak at and do a talk about uh, in in iteration automated testing. So getting your automated testing to happen within your sprint or your iteration. But um, just knowing when these things are coming up and then keeping all of the dates in mind and knowing where they are and thinking about the just the logistics of, of can I get to this many, can I, can I do this many, those types of things, it's a logistical nightmare. I started putting together a calendar over a year ago and it's only starting to help me now because it takes about a year to find out when these things are and just trying to figure out when they when they're happening it's just a nightmare because you have to go to either each site or or whatever but this particular tool the CFP report which i guess people can find if they just look up the CFP report in Cal Evans um, they, uh, it, it will help you stay informed about at least the ones within the segment of web development yes and it's the cfpreport.com and i know of at least 10 of the users, and we're close to 800 <laughs> users now, but I know at least 10 of them are not speakers at all. They're companies that just want to keep track of what conferences are coming up. Oh, that's And terrific. since the call for papers comes out before the conference, they can look at the call for papers and say, um, and plan oh, their spending. You know, this is, yeah, they can plan their spending for the year. So, um, you know, and quite honestly, I don't care why you subscribe. If you find it useful, you know, please subscribe. Yeah, uh, there is great. no charge for it. We're not planning on charge for it. If you go to the privacy policy, we're very blatant about the fact that we're selling your attention. 
We have sponsors that go in the email. That's how we make our money. Um, you know, but we, I have absolutely no intention of charging for it because, um, again, it falls back into my passions for helping developers. That's just one more way I can help developers. Yeah, you, you know, and I, I feel like I'm jump, jump in here if you've got stuff. I, I had one more follow-up about Go this. Go for it. Okay, so, um, I, you know, I, I, you've talked a lot about conferences and the fact that you're involved in so many and have been involved in so many over the years in one way or the other. We also talked a little bit about PHP, and that's been where your brand has come from, I believe, in general, your, your personal brand. Can you tell me about staying current within within PHP, within technology, and what the tools are that you used to do that? I would imagine conferences are one of them. We've got an episode that we've got in the bag that we're going to bring on um, Brian um, Goad, who's a friend of mine in here in Raleigh, and we're going to talk about continuous learning and how, how you continually learn and how you continually prepare. But maybe you could give us a glimpse into how you do it as kind of a segue into that next episode. Sure. Um, there's this website called Slashdot. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm just not sure if y'all are old enough to even get that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, continuous learning is actually the tagline for Nomad PHP. I love that term. Oh, cool. uh, we've kind of adopted it. I, I don't claim that we invented it, but we've adopted it uh, because that is so important. I talk to developers all over um, uh, North America, South America, and Europe about um, the fact that they have to continue to learn. They have to stay curious. Um, and the way I do it, I've got a talk called Going Pro. I was just down in Brazil um, this weekend talking to Brazilian developers about this. And I gave this talk called Going Pro, and it's on how to be a professional developer. And one of the tenets of being a professional developer is to stay curious, to continue to learn. And the way I do it is uh, when I come across a project or a technology that I'm interested in, I fire up a project. I, I've got a directory on my hard drive called projects. I will create a new directory, get init, and I will start coding. And of the 40 projects in the projects directory, five work. One of them actually just started working. I, I finally finished it. And, and the rest is not because um, they're bad projects or I got bored with them. I learned what I needed to learn. And that's the point of the project. I, I wasn't trying to build something that was going to be earth-shattering or was going to change uh, the way we think about anything, you know, Uber for penguins or anything. I was simply trying to learn how to use this one technology. And once I learned it, it's like, okay. And I abandoned it. Well, I didn't abandon it. I, I won't delete it simply because I'm notorious for going, I've written this before. Let me go copy and paste it and fix it. You know, do that. But... Um, you know, that, that's the way I stay curious, and that's the way I stay learning. Um, I've got a webinar coming up in May that will be free, but it's I, I've not announced it yet, where I got five friends of mine to cut five-minute videos on how they learn. And I'm basically, all I'm going to do is I'm going to say, hey, here are five friends of mine, and they've got advice for you on how to learn. And I'm just going to play them back-to-back, because I think learning is important for every developer. And that'll be a free one. I'm just, you know, it's... One of those little um, projects that uh, every time I say, hey, I've got an idea, my wife goes, no. You know? <laughs> I don't know how you, how you have the time and the energy for all this. Seems my like you, you have a lot going on. Holy cow. Is there a pharmaceutical <laughs> advantage that you're not <laughs> yeah. telling us about? I, I'll be honest with you, plus. a heck of a lot of coffee, okay? <laughs> Lots of coffee. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, oh, you... and also, and I absolutely could not do a third of what I do um, without the help of the lovely and talented Kathy. And on Nomad PHP... Um, I have a partner, Joe Ferguson, that handles all the lightning talks. He's my backup when I am um, traveling and can't be there. Uh, could not do Nomad PHP without Joe and Kathy. Wow, that is excellent. 
Well, do you have anything else to to ask Cal before we? I think you you took all the questions out of the question bucket and numbered them on the table. <laughs> Can well, I do happens. one quick thing? Yeah, yeah. We've sure. got something very, uh, I'm going to do a pitch, but it's not for anything of mine. Uh, we've got something very special. This comes around, um, the last one was 12 years ago, uh, called PHP Cruise. And, um, yeah, it's what you think it is. Um, we're going to get on a seven-day cruise. We're going to spend two days at sea talking PHP. We're going to get totally trashed in the Bahamas. And Bring then your sunglasses. Days, <laughs> yes. Bring your but sunglasses it, because a bunch of PHP developers <laughs> on a boat in the sun, you're going to need them. Well, if you would allow me, I've got a pitch for this uh, that I do for um, Nomad PHP. I'd like to do it for you guys, okay? Join me, my saucy wench Kathy, and my mate Little Joe as we sail the high seas in search of PHP knowledge. I'll be presenting a new talk, Fildy, which can only be seen on the PHP cruise, literally one night and one night only. Other speakers in this all-star floating lineup include Joe, Little Joe Ferguson, Chris Hartges, and Samantha Quinos, and many more. Don't be forced to walk the plank because you don't know the latest technologies or techniques. Join us on the PHP cruise for a pirate's ransom and knowledge. Arg. Arg. <laughs> I, and the I reason the pirate theme is um, for, for Renaissance Festival, I'm a Renfair junkie, and I have a pirate costume that is incredibly elaborate. And so one night on the cruise, I will be dressed up as a pirate. Kathy will be dressed up as my winch, and you will be able to have your picture taken with Fatbeard the Pirate. <laughs> Well, that sounds awesome. I, I just don't know how to top that. Cal, I really appreciate your time. I know you know it's late on a, a Thursday night here, and I always appreciate our guests coming on. Uh, it's an honor to have you on the show, and, uh, and we really appreciate your time and all the things that you shared with us. Once again, Cal Evans, the icon of PHP, of the PHP community, and we are Reflection as a Service, Paul and James here, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll have more information in the, sh in the sh notes. In the sh notes. Yep, but... As, as it is, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.